Christ is risen. The Lord, the Lord is, is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Please be seated. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. These words were the full extent of the first and best ever Easter sermon, which Mary Magdalene proclaimed that initial Easter morning as the first witness of the resurrection. In our own ways, we join her this Easter by proclaiming the power of God's love over hate, the power of God's life over death, the power of God's grace over fear, the power of God's creative will, allowing us to see God's goodness abundant in our weary world. I have seen the Lord is where Mary ended up, but it is not where she started. And I think it's important to note the journey that she took to get to that proclamation of faith. I've seen the Lord, she proclaimed, but it was a journey for her to get to that proclamation. First, she had to see him. The gospel passage this Easter morning tells us it took a few tries for her eyes to be open to the presence of the risen Lord. While it was still dark, obscure, hard to see, she went to the tomb where she expected to see him lifeless. The scripture does not say why she went, just that she went. In the poem called Resurrection, the poet Sally Wen Mao wrote, I'm so hungry I gnaw at light. It tunnels from the shadows an exhausting hope. That hunger and that hope for the light must have propelled Mary, tired as she was, towards the place where Jesus had been laid and sealed in after he had breathed his last on the cross. When she got there, while it was still dark, she saw that the heavy stone that sealed the tomb was rolled away. The scripture does not say that she looked inside, but she must have at least taken an educated guess at what that rolled away stone meant. It meant that Jesus, his body, was not there, no longer in the tomb. And with this news, she ran to the other disciples, those who had stayed behind, who had not gone with her. And they received her message. Two of them, Peter and the beloved disciple, made a mad dash to the tomb. The text goes into tender detail about how Peter was a little slower than the other disciple. Some of us perhaps sometimes feel like Peter might have that morning, running as fast as we can, but still having to catch up, being a bit behind or a lot behind, or confused or out of breath. Remember, though, 
Even though Peter did not get there first, he got there. And the other disciple waited for him to go in, which is an example for us all that a little humility, a little kindness goes a long way. When they entered, they saw the linen wrappings and knew that this was no grave robbery. Thieves would not have left those valuable linens behind. The gospel records their strangely calm reaction as then the disciples returned to their homes. That's it. The tomb is empty. Let's go home. No running, no weeping, no preaching, just a walk home. But Mary stayed. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. She kept on seeking, searching for Jesus, even as she wept. With tears streaming down her face, she kept trying to do the next faithful thing. Through her tears, she kept looking for Jesus. Perhaps we might know a thing or two about this as well. In 2020 and now 2021, through our tears, we kept and we keep looking for Jesus through our tears and our struggle and our loss, looking for ways to serve God and each other, to help each other see and be seen by Christ, the resurrected one. Mary looked inside the tomb and did not see him, but was rewarded with a conversation with angels. In the book, A Year of Wonders, a town in England that had been decimated by the plague early on chose because of Christian love of neighbor to isolate themselves in an attempt to spread, to detain the spread of the illness to other towns and cities. Sound familiar? The story was based on a true story and it's, it turns mundane, devastating, heroic, and compelling. These folks were inside the tomb, really suffering. But somehow, some way, they too were able to see life and the wonder and value of it, even as death appeared to gain ground. Back to Mary. She kept looking for Jesus as she turned away from the tomb to the garden. She kept looking for him as she weeps and she meets him. In the garden she meets him, but she does not recognize him. It is hard to recognize life in the midst of death. It is hard to recognize Jesus when in deep mourning. But dear universe, writes the poet, if I can recognize her face under this tunnel of endless shadows, against the luminous of all that is extinct and oncoming, then I am not a stranger here. 
She did not recognize Jesus, but Jesus Christ recognized her. For we are not strangers ever to him, no matter how dim our vision. The power of God's love continues to pervade the world, undeterred by waves of death or destruction. When nobody calls, knows or calls your name, you stand outside the embrace of the surrounding community. But when one's name is known and called, one is enfolded in community. And as the resurrected Christ speaks Mary's name in the garden, she sees him. She is able to see him in that point, that turning point, when he speaks her name. The resurrected one knows us all, each one by name. And Christ speaks our name, and we recognize life when that happens. Christ asks us to speak life into the world in turn. Christ invites us to see others and to name them by saying the names of those who still need to be seen in all their full humanity, like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and so many others. Remember that Christ will not let the grave claim you who are trembling inside the prison of grief, pain, or injustice of any kind. For grief is one more place on the journey from baptism to the new Jerusalem. Let the one who poured the waters of promise on your head so long ago, wrote Edgar Moore, let that one transform your grief and turn it into compassion. This tremendous grace of being known injects new life into those who receive it. As Serena Jones writes, grace is not an object to be known, but a gift to be lived. I can't believe I'm quoting this, but it, it, it does fit so well. I heard the story that when um, Winston Churchill was invited to speak to a boys' school in England during the most difficult days of World War II, he simply said these words, never give up, never give up, never, never, never. And after saying those words, he sat down. When it was reported in the papers, it became the mantra for the British people during some of the darkest days of the war. Never give up. Never, never, never give up. Christ does not give up on us and overcomes the power of death and hell so that we may see him so that we may recognize him, and so that we may speak of love and life in the midst of the death-dealing of this world, in the midst of loss. So this Easter day, keep looking for Christ. 
you will find him out of the tomb and out into the world. Let your eyes be opened by the work of resurrection. Be a part of the lived gift of grace and proclaim with Mary, I have seen the Lord. Amen. Alleluia.